Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many.
with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the Feast of St James the Apostle. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The saints were faithful unto death and now dwell in the heavenly kingdom forever. As we celebrate their joy, let us bring to the Lord our sins and weaknesses and ask for his mercy. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
merciful God, whose holy apostle St. James, leaving his father and all that he had, was obedient to the calling of your Son, Jesus Christ, and followed him even to death. Help us, forsaking the false attractions of the world, to be ready at all times to answer your call without delay. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he wrote these words in the book at the dictation of Jeremiah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Joshua, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch. You said, Woe is me, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary with my groaning, and I find no rest. Thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold what I have built, I am breaking down, and what I have planted, I am plucking up, that is, the whole land. And do you seek great things for yourself? Seek them not, for behold, I am bringing evil upon all flesh, says the Lord. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in all places to which you may go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, 
stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. And the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brethren who lived in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. The mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Command that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant 
but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As some of you will be aware, every season in the Christian calendar is colour-coded. That is why the altar frontal behind me changes from time to time. If we are in what is called ordinary time, it is green. If it's a time of celebration, such as Christmas or Easter, we have white. In the penitential seasons of Advent and Lent, we have dark blue or purple. Red is the colour of the Holy Spirit and of the kingship of Christ. And this colour coding extends to special individual days as well, including today, when we celebrate St James the Apostle. The reason why the altar frontal behind me here is red is because James was not only a saint, but also a martyr, and red is the colour of martyrdom. However, there is one very interesting and unusual feature of our own red altar frontal here, which has always struck me as slightly odd, but which, as it happens, makes it particularly appropriate for us to use on this particular occasion. Because if you look carefully behind me, you can perhaps see on the top of the frontal the first of three images of scallop shells. And the scallop shell happens to be the image most closely associated with St. James. And for that reason, it has also become the traditional symbol of the Christian pilgrim. St. James the Great was one of the 12 disciples. He's mentioned in the Gospels as one of the sons of Zebedee, a fisherman who, along with his brother John, was called to follow Jesus. We're told of his presence at the raising of Jairus' daughter from the dead, at the transfiguration on Mount Tabor, and also in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night that Jesus was arrested. We also learn of the eventual fate of James, in Acts chapter 12, where we are told he was beheaded by Herod Agrippa, so he was one of the very first Christian martyrs. It was believed that before his return to Jerusalem and the occasion where he met his death, James had travelled to Iberia, to the region that is now Galicia in northwest Spain, in order to preach the gospel there. The story goes that his body was subsequently returned there, 
to be rediscovered in the 8th century. A shrine was created there, around which arose what is today the city Santiago de Compostela, which became a major site for Christian pilgrims from across Europe. And so it was that the Camino, the way of St. James, became a famous pilgrimage route more than a thousand years ago. The explanations that are given as to why the scallop shell was to become the abiding symbol of pilgrims, particularly associated with that route and with St. James, are various. The scallop is native to Galicia, and those who completed the route to Santiago were given a badge in the form of a shell. Pilgrims began wearing these shells as signs to identify themselves as pilgrims to any whom they met on the road. This gave them certain privileges. They could sleep in churches and could ask for free meals. But it could also give them a measure of protection on their journey from thieves and robbers who were wary of assaulting someone who was engaged in such a holy pursuit who was under the protection of God. The shell could also have practical uses. It could be used as a scoop from which to drink water or to take food. These days, the scallop shell has become the standard symbol of direction along the Camino route itself. It can be seen on walls, signposts and churches pointing pilgrims towards Santiago. The sign of the shell also generates camaraderie amongst fellow pilgrims who wear that badge, providing instant mutual recognition. Some have interpreted the grooves in the scallop shell as symbolising the many paths that lead to one point as pilgrims travel from far and wide to gather together at the shrine that is their shared destination. Last year, our planned St. Bride's pilgrimage, sadly thwarted by COVID, included part of the Camino pilgrim route that goes through Germany towards Spain, the Jakobsweg. So my own plans to walk part of the route have yet to be fulfilled, although there are certainly members of St. Bride's and other members of my own family who have walked parts of the Camino in the past. However, I myself have undertaken other pilgrimages on foot over the years. The first time I did so, I was aged in my 20s. It was when I was training for ministry. And a group of my fellow students and I walked from Oxford to Winchester during Holy Week, arriving at Winchester Cathedral in time for the Chrism Mass on Maundy Thursday. And so I can speak from some personal experience of how powerful and significant such pilgrim walks can be. Pilgrimages were very big business in medieval Europe, but at the Reformation, much of that tradition was swept away. In England, pilgrimages were banned, along with relics, shrines, and the veneration of the saints, and it would be 300 years before they made a reappearance. Which makes the recent resurgence of interest in the following of ancient pilgrim trails 
and the rediscovery of some routes that had been lost for centuries all the more fascinating. Indeed, in one of his sermons last Sunday, Jeff made reference to a rediscovered pilgrim route that he recently followed with Sandra. Just to give you some insight into quite how significant this is, apparently in 1984, a mere 423 pilgrims completed the final 100-kilometer stretch of the Camino pilgrimage route, which earned them their official pilgrims certificate. By 2006, this number had increased to over 100,000, and 10 years later, in 2016, it was approaching 300,000. COVID restrictions apart, the pilgrimage industry is booming, which begs the question, what is going on here? There was an article in The Guardian back in 2017 describing this extraordinary phenomenon, which noted that it's not only devout Christians who are undertaking these challenging journeys, but also people who have no faith. All were discovering the joys of what the article described as slow travel on foot with strangers. So what it is, well, so what is it that people are seeking and finding when they commit themselves to undertaking one of these ancient journeys? It would seem that it is putting us back in touch with something of profound human significance, which the noise and busyness of modern life can very easily obliterate. Instead of racing around frantically, travel by foot takes place at a natural human speed, at a pace that enables you to notice the world around you, to be able to pause when you see something of beauty or hear something of interest in nature, or when you encounter a glimpse of something human and very, very ancient. A pace at which your mind and your body can travel together and at the same speed, rather than one racing to keep up with the other. And at the level of simple bodiliness, to be able to feel the warmth of the sun, but also the bracing power of the rain in a sustained and purposeful way. To discover the limits of one's own physical endurance and inner resolve. To be able to spend time away from the harsh, loud sounds that are the constant backdrop to contemporary life. And many modern-day pilgrims speak of the relationships formed on their travels, existing associations deepened and new friendships discovered. As many will testify, contrary to what one might assume, the true importance and significance of pilgrimage is often to be found not in reaching one's intended destination, but rather within the very process of traveling. The discovery of those moments of grace and times of profound peace, which are often there when one least expects them. The busyness of life can so easily disconnect us from what makes us human. And when we reconnect 
we often find ourselves encountering something that goes beyond our expectations and beyond the purely human, as we find ourselves engaging with transcendence, if only for the occasional fleeting moment. The late poet and former priest, John O'Donoghue, wrote a poem of blessing entitled, For the Traveller, which encapsulates this kind of experience beautifully, but also reminds us that we do not have to go on a special pilgrimage to experience its riches. This was something I myself discovered during lockdown, when, for the first time in many, many years, I got into the habit of going everywhere on foot here in central London. So, here are some extracts from that poem of blessing by John O'Donoghue. Every time you leave home, another road takes you into a world you were never in. When you travel, you find yourself alone in a different way, more attentive now to the self you bring along, your more subtle eye watching you abroad, and how what meets you touches that part of the heart that lies low at home. When you travel, a new silence goes with you, and if you listen, you will hear what your heart would love to say. A journey can become a sacred thing. Make sure before you go to take the time to bless your going forth, to free your heart of ballast so that the compass of your soul might direct you towards the territories of spirit where you will discover more of your hidden life and the urgencies that deserve to claim you. May you travel in an awakened way, gathered wisely into your inner ground, that you may not waste the invitations which wait along the way to transform you. May you travel safely, arrive refreshed, and live your time away to its fullest. Return home more enriched and free to balance the gift of days which call you. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. 
he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, we come together this morning to pray for ourselves, one another, and your church across the world. Your Son, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve us and to save us from our sins. Let us bring to him now the needs of our world in faith, knowing that he will hear our prayers. This morning, we remember before you your servant and apostle James, first among the twelve to suffer martyrdom for the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you will pour out upon the leaders of your church that spirit of service by which they can lead us, so that the good news of your love for us can reach more and more people, that their voices of praise and thanksgiving may be heard throughout the world. We pray for Justin, our Archbishop, Sarah, our Bishop, and all who lead your church in England that they may have the strength and wisdom to guide and lead us. We remember today your people in Scotland and the Episcopal Church of Scotland and their Primus and Bishop of Moray, Ross and Kate Ness, Mark Strange. And we give thanks for Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, and all who work so hard to ensure that all who visit St Bride's or worship with us online can feel you at work in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray for the leaders of all nations and for all those in positions of authority. Let them know that with power and honour come responsibility and accountability. May those who govern do so for the good of all their people and seek to serve and protect those they represent. We pray especially this morning for all those who hold positions of responsibility as employers, as administrators of the law and as teachers. As you serve those who came to you, so may they serve those who depend upon them for their livelihood, for justice or for education. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we pray for the people of our world who are hungry and homeless, those who flee persecution and war. Help us to remember those who don't know where they will sleep tonight, the children without the security of a safe home, and those taking extraordinary risks to reach a safe country. May we reflect on the gifts that you have given us and help us to find ways to serve and protect them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, after another strange year of homeschooling, Zoom PE lessons and cancelled birthday parties, 
We pray for all our children as they start their summer holidays, that they may have fun, relax and enjoy playing together again. Give strength to their parents, grandparents and carers and all those who are giving of their time, passion and commitment to look after them. We pray that you will protect those that are feeling lonely or frightened because they don't have the loving care they deserve. And we pray also for our grown-up children who are graduating, leaving school or college and starting their adult life and adventures at this difficult time. We pray that you will encourage and show them how to bring the talents you have given them to life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? May the God of peace sanctify you. May he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before him at the coming of our Lord Jesus with his saints. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks that your glory is revealed in James the Apostle and all the saints. In their lives you have given us an example of faithfulness to Christ. In their holiness we find encouragement and hope. In our communion with them we share the unity of your kingdom. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy, 
Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he Let us pray. Lord God, the source of truth and love, keep us faithful to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, united in prayer and the breaking of bread, and one in joy and simplicity of heart. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. 
Amen. give you grace to follow his saints in faith and hope and love. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.